From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable email edition for July 3rd, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined, as always, by my friends Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi, and Walter Eccles is joining us again this week at the table. As Kevin moves around and shuffles around, and... That's actually not me, that's Max. It's Maxwell on the rock. No, I'm blaming you. <laughs> I can't yeah. do that. It's never the dog's fault. You don't want to know what he's doing either. Oh, is, is the dog pleasuring himself? I think he's cleaning his rear end. Like I said, he's pleasuring himself. Kevin, get out of that position. <laughs> if I could do that, I wouldn't come here. Wouldn't leave the house, right? Uh, well, we have uh, we have a lot of uh, voicemails and emails to read for you this week. Before we get started, I'll just go through the regular routine if you'd like to Send us an email. It is podcast at wdwinfo.com. Uh, to leave us a voicemail, toll free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 1 877 310 9662. And if we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you'll get your choice of a Diz Unplugged t shirt or a Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard. And at the end of every month, we select one person at random who's voicemail we played or whose email we read and that person gets to pick a number one through 50 each number has a corresponding prize that you can win anything from a $25 gift certificate all the way up to a podcast cruise and plenty of cool prizes in between so absolutely send your emails and your voicemails in we'd love to hear from you this is Christmas in July this uh, this month so especially uh, questions that are related to the holidays we're going to try and focus on those more. So if you're trying to get something read, ask me a good question. Ask us a good question. Send us a good voicemail uh, on, uh, on on the ho- topic of the holidays, and you might stand a better chance of getting uh, getting played. So now our first voicemail today is not about the holidays, but uh, this is uh, Rick from New Orleans, who's also known as the Bead Pirate on the boards. And he has a suggestion for a very interesting segment, which I imagine some of my staff will be more than happy to volunteer for. So here is Rick. Hi, guys. It's Rick here from New Orleans, the Bead Pirate. I have a suggestion for a periodic segment. Um, You know, we all love Disney for our own reasons, and Lori and I thoroughly enjoy our adult beverages from time to time. We've been known to drink more than a couple and save the park visit for another day. Uh, Over the last 10 years or so, we've followed some of the best bartenders as they moved and changed properties. Uh, We also have our favorite spots, depending on who is with us and what we're in the mood for. I think it would be nice to hear from the crew as they had a cocktail or two, hopefully recorded live during the tastings. Uh, You guys could discuss the perfect places for a romantic martini or bottle of wine. Uh, I love the bar at the Wilderness Lodge late at night. And the bar upstairs at the Grand Floridian. Uh, great places to enjoy, you know, a bottle of champagne, the horse-drawn sleighs at Christmas time. That's a must-do. Hammocks at the Polynesian. Um, hidden treasures, things like the Saki Bar in Epcot or the Back Bar at Bongo's. Uh, great places to meet a new friend, something like uh, mannequins or motions. 
And here's something, you know, where do we get the earliest Bloody Mary on the property? Why, that's at the rainforest in the animal kingdom. Um, I could go on and on and probably already have. Uh, you know, we've also got things like the drink around the monorail and the drink around the world. That's a little harder now that you can't uh, walk into Norway and get an Aquavit shot to go, but uh, it's, we can still sit down and do that. At any rate, I would love to see a uh, a drink review occasionally. I think it would be fun. And um, we will see you on the cruise. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Well, now, Rick, you know, there's a, also there's a, an AA meeting uh, at 3 o'clock every day over at the Doubletree at downtown Disney. I was going to say, though, uh, being from New Orleans, you know, that's just a huge part of the culture. You're not necessarily an alcoholic, but you like to have a couple of drinks. Big easy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a bad idea. Unfortunately, most of us don't drink. Most of us don't drink. <laughs> so. uh, speak for yourselves. I do. I do. <laughs> I was going to say, we've got... The Martins and Will, who's not here now. I'll Will. be happy to slur my way through a segment. <laughs> I was just taking Oh, no, you're not going to be allowed to swallow. You're going to have to put it in your mouth like a wine tasting, swirl it around and spit <laughs> it out. Hey, I always swallow doing the wine tastings. <laughs> you going to say something? I No. Oh, you had that look on your face that you were, okay. He has a look on his face saying, I can't be involved. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink. No, but it's true. There are a lot of hidden spots around. I mean, the sake bar. Is a perfect example. You know, a lot of people don't even know about it. Mm-hmm. Where is it? In Japan. Oh, in Japan. At Epcot. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's in the gift shops. So you really wouldn't even think to look in there. I think it was funny how he knew all the answers to his own question. Yeah, really. <laughs> Where did he get the earliest martini or whatever? Oh, that's we right. Bloody Mary. <laughs> we met Laurie and Rick on Christmas Eve at we the did. Candlelight Processional. I wasn't drinking just then. Uh, they're the ones who heard me screaming at the cast member. <laughs> And turned around and gave me those. They brought wonderful beads with them. We have their Mickey bead hanging. That's on right. That's right. Our I that. here. They're here in the, the studio with us. Cool. Well, you know what, Rick? It's a good idea. It's a good idea for a segment. I'm not going to do it, but I think maybe Corey and Julie and Will would uh, not necessarily have a problem with. I've always wanted to do a whole drink around the world segment. How much would it cost? And. Surprised you haven't. Oh, I have, but not as a segment. <laughs> oh, he wasn't taking notes. I like the drink around the monorail idea. It was a dry Stop the Polynesian. Run, you know, go to the Tambu Lounge, That's go to the Grand idea. Floridian. Um, I forgot the little bar's name is. A Ticket and Transportation Center. <laughs> Someone's just. There yeah, I'm not it. sure. I don't think they serve alcohol. <laughs> run with you. Yeah, I think you bring know, a flask. A place to a flask. Listen to you. <laughs> and then hit the contemporary. Flask. <laughs> if you want to drink on the cheap at Disney World, that's what your college program is. Strap it to your thigh. <laughs> bring your bring your sipping whiskey. That's when you bring your box wine and fill up your own glass. <laughs> yeah, really. Own, it's vessel. juice. <laughs> I brought my own juice box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she pulls out the big box of Franzia. I just watched that episode. Maybe Lori and Rick will do bar tours with me on the Disney Cruise Line on the podcast cruise. Yeah, Corey, sure. wa- Corey wants to have his own little tour. He's going to make his own little sign and everything. I'm sure <laughs> they won't be the only ones. Bar tours. You can sign up. Yeah. Go hit up all the bars. Mm. <laughs> on Pete. Now, remember, remember, what I, remember what I said. Three o'clock every day at the Double Tree. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's a good idea, Rick. So, I guess we can... If we're actually going to do a segment, then I guess we can let him pick a number. Are we going to let him pick a number, uh, Corey? Sure. 
It's 87 degrees outside. Oh, you get it through the segment. <laughs> Why not? You, get, don't, you don't have to twist my arm to go I, drink. I didn't think so. I just, before we committed to letting him pick a number, I mean, but uh, cool. Well, thank you very much for that phone call, Rick, who, uh, who has an email they would like to read. I do. Mr. Close. I have one from Sheila Smith in Albany, Ohio. And she says, Julie stated in a segment about the ATM robbery, that's why she carries mace and a stun gun. What about those of us who travel to get there? We cannot get these items on the plane, and I'm sure they do not sell them at the airport. No, the, Sheila, they don't. The hotel gift shop. <laughs> yeah. They have them in the hotel gift Believe shop. Believe it or not, Orlando International does not have a stun gun outlet. It's a good idea, though. Could we, could you we, know? Duty-free stun guns. <laughs> That's right. For you to take home with you. Uh, we take Those who, of us who take Magical Express have no way of getting these items or any items out of our, for our protection when we arrive. I also agree that Walt Disney World does a good job with security, although one time while visiting, I was standing at a register with my partner, and I had a $20 bill in my hand ready to hand the cast member to pay for my item, and someone came up and grabbed it out of my hand and said, Dumb American. I don't know what else I was supposed to do. She told me the price, and I was handing handing it to her. Anyway, I'll think. I think that Walt Disney World needs more security throughout the parks. Thanks for hearing me out. Well, Sheila, if you were inside one of the parks and someone grabbed your twenty dollar bill, I would call security mm-hmm. and let them know that. But I also don't think you would have been allowed to use your stun gun within the park anyway, because hopefully security would have taken it away from you as you walked in. I, I don't. I apologize. I don't have an outlet for Mace. Or a stun gun for you to protect yourself at Walt Disney World. If you feel unsafe, I would just go to the nearest cast member and tell them you feel unsafe. If you feel that your safety is in jeopardy. Yeah, I, also, I think she also may have uh, misinterpreted what Julie was saying. Yeah. Julie, was you know, obviously we live here. I don't carry those things yeah, to Walt Disney World. <laughs> right, it was not a suggestion she was making that people pack these things with them. She was just mentioning, you know, this is one of the reasons that she keeps mace and uh, uh, a stun gun. That's why Corey got them for her. So that, you know, it wasn't necessarily a suggestion per se that you... Uh, you, you it's for when I'm by myself. Put it in your carry-on. Right. And uh, I think yeah. that if you use certain logic and take certain precautions while at Disney World, you shouldn't really need those items. The story of the person who went to the ATM was by herself. Right. It was it after midnight. It was after midnight. It was secluded. Safety in numbers. Common sense. Common sense. I would tell you not to go to the ATM after midnight by yourself anywhere. Yeah. Like I said last week, I I don't do that by myself here. Right. So, I mean, you know, you just have to take the same precautions you would take other places. But I, I don't. I think Walt Disney World frowns on mace and stun guns and yeah. other <laughs> weapons. And Maybe yeah. Jane Cortana could guessing. add that to her gifts of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Offering. Surprise. <laughs> oh, a security pixie. Falling <laughs> 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 around. Power and bodyguard. Oh, Kevin wants that job. That's a, He wants to be the security pixie. I will be your security pixie. <laughs> he gets to stun gun Back people. Back off. <laughs> Throwing people Poke him down. with a wand. <laughs> Poke him with a wand. <laughs> Back, back. <laughs> I'll poke you with my wand. 
Oh, Lord. Also, I mean, I can't imagine standing there. If someone grabbed $20 out of my hand, I would chase them out of the store or grab them by the throat. Or I would expect <laughs> the, sec- the cast member to call security for me. Right, because we if it happened right there, I'm sure there were other people around. We were in an outlet store, and Kevin was purchasing something, and he had his money in his hand, and he accidentally dropped it. And this woman swooped in and literally picked it up off the ground at his feet and started to make off with it. And I'm like, oh, that's his. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just saw it on the floor. I didn't know it was yours. So, I mean, you got to speak up for yourself. Yeah, right. and, yeah you do. And protect yourself. I, I find that in the, uh, I, I'm very security conscious. I'm very aware that, you know, we make sure that when we travel, uh, I do things like you don't put all of your money in the same spot. His chastity belt is dead bolted. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of security. Yeah. Uh, you just to take certain precautions. I told you about our trip to Europe. I had money strapped to my chest, and you know, you should have seen me undressing to buy a bottle of water. According to the same thing. <laughs> and then you feel like a fool because like no one else is to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're down your shirt trying to get ten dollars. So I just say, be careful. And this just, is why you never put money in your mouth. <laughs> you never know where it's been. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, really, I'm like, what? The next time I have the urge to chomp on a tent, I will. Uh, I'll remember those sa- that sage advice. It might have been stuck to somebody. <laughs> yeah, child. you know, it just often, often happens. I'll be counting my money, and all of a sudden, just getting peckish. You never thought, let me taste that twenty. <laughs> At least lick it. Boy, you really love money that much, don't you? <laughs> I want to lick you, Andrew he Jackson. In it. I want to taste you. We get back. We get back to the stateroom with my chips, and I'm like, I want to throw the chips on the bed and roll. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such a cliche. That's so hilarious. At, at one point Until he gets $50 stuck in the crack of his butt <laughs> He actually won enough that they paid him in a $500 chip He Finally they had to pry it out of his paw <laughs> Can I get this in ones? <laughs> at the last night of the cruise He says I have to go take this, I have to go cash this in And the lady was like prying it out of his fingers so, I wanted to take it home as a souvenir Kevin wouldn't let me You ain't leaving $500 on the ship I know <laughs> He now knows my threats are hollow and yeah, really? that stuff. Or he had three of the black $100 chips. He says, should I put them all on red? I'm like, you're so full of it. You're not going to do that. He knows me now. <laughs> Thanks, Sheila. Well, thank you, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> a little more info that she wanted. <laughs> Perhaps we digress. Don't forget to bring your chips with you. All right. Well, let's see. Our next voicemail comes to us from Marianne in San Antonio who is planning a Christmas vacation to Walt Disney World this year and has some questions about handicapped seating at the Candlelight Processional that I think she's hoping you'll be able to answer. So, Kevin, here is Marianne. Hi, Pete and gang. This is Marianne from San Antonio, Yoda Mouse on the boards, um, calling about your Christmas in July show. I've just spent the past week setting up a variety of things for Christmas, and we are actually spending the week of Christmas at Disney World this year. There will be... um, 13 or 12 and a half of us, the baby's 22 months. And we're going to be doing everything from just the hoop de doo musical review to uh, the dinner package for the Candlelight Processional, tours, um, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, and yes, even the Cirque du Soleil. So we're going to go see the Freaky French Clowns, or the FFCs, if you will. And I have a few questions. Um, Kevin, I know you have mentioned this before, and I really don't want to beat this to death, but I really just want to cover it again. The Candlelight Processional, we are doing the dinner package. Uh, My nephew-in-law has MS, and he will be in a wheelchair. However, he is somewhat mobile. 
So he would be able to walk from the waiting area, uh, the line, the queue, or whatever you want to call it, to the seats. Would it be possible for us to be in line with the wheelchair, and then once we get up there to go take our seats, rather than sitting in the handicapped area, could we all just kind of fold up the wheelchair, set it aside, and then go sit in the reserved seating area, but someplace where we could all be seating seating together? Um, I also wanted to know, uh, Corey, if I would like to do something where we set up uh, or bring with us little, like, thank you gifts to give to some of the cast members. I've heard of other people doing these things, and I think that's a great idea. I think it's important for the kids to realize that this is not all about them and that these folks are working really hard, and we should sometimes stop and say thank you. I was thinking that here in Texas they have pecan prey lines, and they come in a box, and I could individually wrap each of them, put them in a little baggie with a little um, business card with our names and our email address on there. Do you think that would be appropriate? Would people, cast members, be, uh, feel kind of funny about accepting it because it's not pre-packaged um, and it was hand-packaged or, uh, you know, the world we live in today? Anyway, I would appreciate some, any thoughts you might have on that. Um, Pete, we're going to be setting up for our, our two of our nieces, um, uh, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and then the Perfectly Princess Tea Party. The problem is I wasn't able to get the reservation at the Magic Kingdom Boutique till 840. If it takes an hour, which is what the woman told me, for them to get primped and, and costumed, um, that means that they would be leaving the Magic Kingdom at about 940. The tea at the Grand Floridian starts, they're supposed to show up at 1015. It starts at 1030. Is that enough time for them to make it over there? Um, this is exclusive of the photo session because I'm thinking they'll have to come back for that later. Anyway, I, if this is too ambitious, please let me know because I would really like to do this, but at the same time I don't want them running around like crazy people. Last thing I wanted to ask about is setting up a tree in the room. I know a lot of people send trees down ahead of time. What I would like to do is set it up as kind of a surprise for the kids so that it just suddenly miraculously appears after we uh, come home from dinner on the 24th, the trees are set up and in there. Um, but I don't want to pay Disney's prices for their Christmas trees, and I can mail something from here like a Charlie Brown-type tree. Do you think if we mailed the trees down with some decorations, could I get a cast member to come into the room and set it up for us? We're staying at Saratoga Springs. Uh, we have two two-bedrooms, so it would be fine to set it up in the living room, but I don't know if the cast members would be willing to do that. Are there any other options? Does anybody else do trees or, or decorate trees that would be more reasonable than what Disney charges? Um, Anyway, any, any help you can provide on that would be greatly appreciated. One last thing for Anthony and Simon, um, the two young men who are Disney fans and Simon who so well-spoken. Uh, we asked our niece, Carissa, who is 16, if she was looking forward to going to Disney or if she really didn't want to go. And she said, I absolutely do. She said, the one thing that's wonderful about Disney is that it appeals to people of all ages. She said, I think it's great. It has lots of stuff I like. So to Anthony and Simon, you are not alone. There are more of you than you think. And, and that's a good thing. So uh, enjoy. And uh, thank you guys for keeping up the good work. And uh, I appreciate any help you can provide. Bye-bye. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, uh, Marianne. You had uh, packed a lot of questions into that, uh, that, that voicemail. Um, first, in terms of, uh, well, Kevin, go ahead. When you purchase a package for the Candlelight Processional, there are two lines going into the Candlelight Processional each night. There's the people who hold packages who have paid for the package, including the dinner, and then there's a standby line. 
the package holders get to enter the theater first. Handicapped seating is spread throughout the park. The majority of it is, if you've been to Epcot before, you know that the Candlelight Processional Theater is the America's Theater. It's kind of an open-air shed. And there's probably 12 rows that are undercover, and then the majority of the theater is not undercover. The handicapped seating runs along the last row of seats that's under the actual shed. Each person who's in a wheelchair... Two people are allowed to sit with that person. <clears throat> what I would do is... That's you, if you want to sit in handicapped seating. Right. And if you're... I, I apologize. I forget the family connection. Your nephew-in-law or son-in-law. I forget. Nephew-in-law, yeah. yeah nephew-in-law. If he'd like to stay in his wheelchair, they're going to put him in handicapped seating, and two people would be allowed to sit with him. I would make sure that you allow enough time to get there that the, you let the cast member know. First of all, you're still going to have to queue up because the, even the package holder line gets very, very long. Very long. Okay? So I would not want him to have to stand in line. If he needs a wheelchair, he's going to want to sit in it up until the last minute. I would just make sure that someone in your party explained to the cast member prior to them opening the rope for you that you intended to not sit in handicap seating, that he will be leaving his wheelchair, and then, and then you will be allowed to sit together, all 13 of you. There's actually a special area where people will leave their uh, assisted vehicles right. and get up and walk to their seats, so it's not unusual. However, the problem that they have with people who are in wheelchairs, I'm going to go a little further, is that by the time they open the, the rope they now have to fill that theater according to a time schedule. And what happens is they just keep going. There's not a lot of time to stop and talk to a cast member when there's 600 people standing behind you waiting for a seat. I would make sure that you set that up ahead of time. I now know that what I will do is I will let them know that I'm not interested in the handicap seating or the preferred handicap seating. That's not a name Disney's given it. It's a name I've given it. It's those seats right behind the last row in the shed. I would rather sit back further so that the four of us can sit together. One of our party is in a wheelchair, and when four of us show up on Christmas Eve, it's no fun to have two people sit with the person in the wheelchair and the third person sit alone. Right. So what I will do is I will make sure that the cast member knows that we're not not looking for one of those preferred seats, will gladly take a seat further back in the amphitheater so that we can all sit together. So I would just make sure that you know enough to let the cast member know of your plan so that they don't try and force him into a handicapped seat. I also want to add one more thing. When people are coming into this theater, there's a, a, a level of excitement and sort of this idea that we have to get the best seat. If he has... Um, Restrictions in his movements or mobility outside of the wheelchair, just be careful in that you don't get caught up in the rush of people streaming into this theater. Um, what often happens is people rush and try to get into a seat, and right. you know they might take a seat that he was intended for. So just be aware of that. There's something else. There really, it's, it's an audio experience as much as a visual experience. There's really not much to see other than people standing there singing. If you sit back a little further, you're going to see just as well. That there's really not a bad seat. 
as long as you can see the stage from where you're sitting, I, I believe you get a better visual if you sit back a little bit further, you get a better scope. So I just think make sure that you let them know up front what your plans are. And with 13 of you, you should be able to commandeer enough seats that you'll be able to find a comfortable place for him to sit. Right. Now, as far as uh, decorating, having someone decorate the hotel room, unless I'm mistaken, Disney will not authorize a cast member to go into your room without you there. You are correct. The only way you can get a, a tree from Disney is to go through the florist, and the florist will bring it to the room and set it up. No other cast member will go and do this for you, especially anything you've brought yourself. There's just way too much liability for yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, we just talked to Jane from Gifts of a Lifetime. That's another option for you um, for having a, a tree set up in the room, but there's really no way to get the cast member to do it for you. Yeah, that's, uh, you know. And it, it's something you're going to pay for. And it's funny because I, you know, it's funny that this this voicemail came in and uh, we were talk, just talking to Jane Cartelli about doing this very thing, about setting, you know, having a dec- hotel room decorated as a surprise for your, your kids or your family. So it is an option. I know it's, uh, you know, it's on the pricier side. And I think Jane said uh, hers were between 300 and $500 to do the uh, decorations. Well, she said, you know, there are options. If you wanted to get the full Disney one, it's more expensive. So you might be able to yeah, see get it. in touch with her. But she also said that you could, uh, she would provide the tree and you could send decorations from home. Right. So there were options. And I think talking to her, you could probably find out what the best option yeah, is for you. Yeah, I think Jane sounds like she'll work with, work with you on just about anything. I agree. And she also asked about uh, tipping cast members or, or giving a gift to a cast member. We kind of touched on this last week in the call-in show. Um, really, cast members that are in non-tipping positions really aren't supposed to accept tips or gifts. Usually if the gift is of lower value, um, they can probably take it or accept it. But don't be offended if a cast member refuses your gift. Yeah. Um, they're probably just looking out, not wanting to get in trouble. Um, as far as it being food that you're giving them, uh, I don't know. That's kind of touchy. You've got to remember, these guys are, are working a shift. You know What they can do, put it in their pocket. Right. Once it melts. They don't have a place to really store it. Um, something you guys didn't talk about last time I listened to the show, um, every cast member is subject to a review system. And the review, part of the review system is their guest service, um, what's the name, GSM, guest service measurement system. And that's, part of that is based on feedback. So I heard someone say, tell the supervisor or tell someone if you get a good experience from a cast member. That's going to go a lot further yeah. for them. You know, than- even on your way out of the park, just stop in guest service and exactly. say, I want to write up a, a comment card yeah. um, on a positive experience I have with a cast member. And they'll more than, more than happily provide it for you. Because the managers will reward that cast member. If you get so many of them, you may get something right. um, from the management. You know. In I- addition to that, going on your record and being part of your review and may go towards your raise, and also may go towards wanting to get another position. Cast members are always looking to, to move forward in the company. So, I saw somebody do something a while back. This is not an original idea, and I apologize. I can't give credit to the person who did it. But they printed up small business cards. They had found some quotes from Walt Disney. And they had, it was sort of a play on, you've seen the initials WWJD, what would Jesus do? They had done a play on that, and it would be what would Walt do? 
and it was quotes from Walt Disney about excellence and service and things like that. And all it said at the the bottom was, thank you, Walt would be proud. And it was just a business card. And I thought to myself, you know what? I, I can't underst- I can't imagine somebody working a frontline job loading a ride being able to take a food gift. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you do with it? Where would you put it? And if two people did that, you know, you can see the the logistical problem of that. This is something they could stick in their car in their pocket. Again, I apologize. I don't have more details of it and I don't have one any longer, but I thought it was a great little idea as just a way of saying it's a memento of saying thank you. Right. Yeah. But you also, you know, you wouldn't want to spend all that time making your own homemade pralines. <laughs> you know, I mean, and then have the cast member reject your gift because it's homemade and wrapped in saran wrap mm-hmm. with a ribbon. I mean, I know it's a nice, generous offer because you spend all that time. But at the same time, you have to be a little leery. It's like taking candy from a stranger, you know? And this yeah, day and literally. Age, you know. I don't know if I would accept it, to be honest with you. In addition, we have to take into account the Florida weather. You know, handing somebody something that could melt in 90-degree weather or 100-degree yeah. weather, you know, it's it's a tough situation. Yeah. And then she asked about the boutique and having enough time. Oh, that's right. Um, if if you're, uh, I think she said her, her, her she would get out of the boutique at 940, and it was uh, they had to be at the Grand Floridian by 1015. Well, her reservation was at eight forty, and they told her it was about an hour. Yeah, so that's, and that's not a roughly, definite time, right? That's 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 pretty good. That's a, about what it's going to take. Maybe just a little bit longer. I, even though you, you know, the Grand Floridian is so close, the only way to really get over there is either boat launch or monorail. And you know, on the monorail, you're going in the other direction. You're going to go to the Contemporary, the t- uh, Transportation and Ticket Center, the Polynesian, then the Grand Floridian. Um, and this I is think, during Christmas week. Right. You're going to be cutting it real close. You're going to be cutting it real close. So, I mean, doable, yeah, but you're going to need, it's going to be doable with a little bit of luck. And then that's added stress to your vacation and worried, am I going to make it there in time? Nothing worse than having to rush through a theme park. You have enough time between now and then that I would call back and try and get a cancellation for an earlier time. People make cancellations all the time. Right. So you might find that you can get a little bit earlier reservation. Well, good luck with it, Marianne. We uh, appreciate you calling in. Who has a, another email they'd like to read? Well, I have one. <clears throat> it's from Betty, a.k.a. Betty Ann 29 from Bedford, Texas. It says, hi, podcast crew, crew. I'm hoping you can clear up something for me and my husband. Each time we go to the Magic Kingdom, we see bricks on the path from the buses to the main entrance. And there are names and, I believe, years on the bricks. Where are the bricks from? Just wondering what the significance was. Keep up the good work. The, um, the bricks that you're seeing are, um, what, what, what do they call them? Walk around the world. The walk around the world bricks, yeah. You could buy one of these for about, was it $100 or something? Depending, Depending on, what, on you, what you put on it, they start at 100 bucks, correct? And uh, they basically paved a walkway from uh, the contemporary... It was supposed to go all the way around, wasn't it? All right, but there's parts that are jungle over yeah. there, so that was never going to happen. It was supposed to go all the way around um, Seven Seas Lagoon, and it's out by the Ticket and Transfer Station Center in front of the Poly. And uh, they stopped that a while ago. You can't get those anymore. Yeah, you can't buy them anymore. But that's what that but is. But that's what that is, yep. It's a little piece of real estate. <laughs> it's staying in your one little brick. Can you imagine Disney came up with a way for you to buy the bricks? 
That's yeah, ingenious. really. <laughs> we need to pave a road here. Let's get people to pay for the tar. Yeah, really. Mine's but under a trash can. Is it really? No, I don't have one. <laughs> I do have one of the things on the monoliths at the Ep- at Epcot. I left a legacy. Oh, the, the crazy faces? Uh-huh. I have no idea where it is. Cool. Well, thank you, Walter, for that one. Who else has one? I do. Miss Julie. This is from Dara in North Carolina. This is an older email. I've been saving it, um, but it's not time sensitive. So, Is first- it from last April? <laughs> no. <laughs> has the child graduated? <laughs> Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> First, you guys are awesome. I absolutely love listening to the discussions each week. That said, I was wondering if Julie could step in for Kevin just this once and do a review of Afternoon Tea at the Garden View Lounge located at the Grand Floridian. Do you mind, Kevin? My mother and I did this a year ago. You didn't even wait for an answer. (laughs) I enjoyed it so much. I took my tomboy daughter, age 10, in October. She enjoyed it also and wants the two of us to do it again on our next visit. Afternoon tea at the Grand Floridian is quite an enjoyable experience with great tea, yummy food, and a beautiful atmosphere. But it never seems to get a mention as an option for those who are looking for other things to do besides the parks. I was thinking Julie could go with a girlfriend or Corey. I won't subject Corey to that. She forgot to As it may not be Kevin's cup of tea. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Although she would enjoy listening to your review, she says. So I'm going to say yes, Dara. That sounds like pity. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin's review, they didn't bring me enough. (laughs) The sandwich is coming. I've been holding on to this because my younger sister, she's 11, will be visiting uh, towards the end of the month. And she and I are going to go and have tea at the Grand Floridian. And then we'll do a report on the podcast about it. So um, it'll be somewhere like maybe the second to last week. Very cool. Awesome. So. This is, actually, this is very popular. We get a lot of requests for this. Yeah, we do. Dreams Unlimited Travel. People have to do it. I don't know why we don't mention I'm it. I'm excited. More. I like tea. And it's a very, <laughs> it's a very, um, how do I put it? It's a non Disney experience. Right. You know, there's not characters and there's not the whole craziness of a theme park. It's a very relaxing, cool thing. So be neat to hear about. Yeah, it'd be very neat to hear Looking about. Looking forward to it. Cool. That'll be coming up in a few weeks. Thank you very much for that, Julie. Uh, now, back in December, we received a voicemail from Sue in Cape Cod, who was worried about being too overbearing when planning her family's trip to Disney. Uh, you might remember she was the one who was traveling with her uh, her ex-husband and his girlfriend. Oh, I remember her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, she took her vacation, and she called us back to tell us how, how it all went. Uh, she had uh, rented DVC points through the rent trade board for Animal Kingdom Lodge. So here is Sue and her mini-trip report on uh, her last visit here. Hi, podcast crew. It's Sue or or Pershing on the boards with a follow-up email on my blended vacation. I had sent a voicemail um, in December regarding um, being concerned about being overbearing, about taking nine people. Well, I first want to say that in general, it was a great vacation. I definitely got kudos from my ex when we were checking into the Animal Kingdom Lodge. He was kind of like, this place is unbelievable. You know, are you looking around? I'm like, yes. I've had the lobby as a screensaver for the past year. But um, anyway, and then the second kudos was from my friend who basically admitted that um, taking her son to Walt Disney World was just something that she just wanted to check off and she really had no expectations but was kind of blown away. 
and kept saying over and over again about how she had no idea Walt Disney World was like this. So that was great. Um, However, that being said, it wasn't all smooth sailing. My obstinate ex was determined to, yes, move like the Borgs. The first day we were there, and yes, someone had to go to the bathroom, someone had to stop in the store, someone wanted an ice cream, and I was counting backwards from 10 very slowly. But I learned something very important. Touring Walt Disney World takes on a whole new meaning when you are with smokers. Now, I'm treading carefully because I know that Pete, I think that Pete smokes. But I think it's important for other dizzers to be aware that if you're taking someone who smokes with you for the first time, you really have to kind of amend your plans and what you've done in the past. My ex and his girlfriend needed a cigarette break after every major attraction. Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration, but the kids definitely had issues with waiting around while the crowds went by. Um, We adjusted, though, and they learned to head out of the hotel earlier than us in the morning to catch a quick smoke before the bus came because it was always waiting for us right if we left all together. And they were like, wait, I want my cigarette. But um, I had kind of warned them about Disney being strict with smoking before we left, but at the time they thought it was nothing to be concerned about until they weren't able to smoke when they wanted to. Also, even though I had emphasized proper footwear in a very non-overbearing way, um, not everyone listened, and the one that didn't listen also had a history of foot issues, uh, like my ex's girlfriend, who I really like. But needless to say, after the first day or two, she was barely able to hobble around. And when I suggested a wheelchair, she practically handed me my head I think she realized it was affecting everyone else and kind of finally swallowed her pride and got in the chair. But I I hope that anyone that had foot issues would get in the chair sooner rather than later, kind of for everyone else's sake. The highlight for us was definitely the pirate and princess party. We dressed up and had an awesome time. I took Kevin's advice about saving parade spots in a way that you can step back and let your children see better. It worked like a charm. My kids had a great view. Um, my question is actually regarding the pirate and princess fireworks. We've seen um, Mickey's not so scary and wishes, but these fireworks seem to circle around you more, like almost past 180 degrees. And I was wondering if that was just my impression, or are they the widest Magic Kingdom fireworks? And where do they start from? It seems like miles away. So I was just curious about that. I do have a footnote, though. If anyone is tempted to wear a Renaissance costume, I'd say, restrain yourself. I wore mine thinking that I would blend in with my pirate sons, and I lost count of how many people asked me where the bathroom was. Seriously, it was funny in the beginning, but around midnight, it was definitely wearing pretty thin. Um, Also, when we were at Blizzard Beach, two families were squabbling over chairs, and I confidently told them that there was more chairs behind the mountain that nobody knew about and that were on grass. Well, really hoping that I had heard Corey right, but I saw them later, So, um, and they were definitely a nice area for a family that has more adult children. Um, so thank you guys for the advice. I definitely took it uh, when I could. Linda, who's the co-worker that will probably never visit Walt Disney World because of the crowds and heats, wants to, me to say how much we miss Bob, and we are still praying for his family and you guys. Not crying. No, I'm not crying. Anyway, we are still surrounded by chocolate, but we're not eating. As I've joined Weight Watchers, I'm trying to shed some weight before the podcast cruise, which I am definitely looking forward to. So thank you guys again. 
Well, thank you very much for that, Sue. We appreciate the uh, the update. Yeah, it, it it is a little. It can be a little difficult when you're touring with smokers. And yes, I am a smoker. Um, with the exception of Will, I'm the only I'm the only one. Just Will and I. Only one left. Yeah. Walter quit. Walter, see, when Walter quits, when he makes up his mind, he's going to quit. That's the end of it. He just quits, and there's no drama, and there's no no. He wasn't cranky. He wasn't. He didn't go through any of that. It was it was unbelievable. He he comes off it so easy. I got my gum, and that's it. Yeah, it's his his nicotine gum. But yeah, I guess uh, going to the park with a smoker, there's you have to always take these detours. Yeah, we go in the smoking area. They're, they are pretty strict. They don't let you just smoke anywhere. There's designated smoking areas, and they're pretty strict about. They that. are, and you know, as she said, this is also a problem though when you're going to tour, like the Borg, where everybody has to go together, everywhere. It's Especially with 12 people, 13 people. That's a big crowd to keep together. You know, a lot of times, I've always found it easier, you know, if you if somebody decides they want to go off on their own, knock yourself out. We'll meet you back at this spot at 6 o'clock. All right, pick the meeting spot. The other thing we did, too, when my uh, brother and his family were here and everybody, we always did the, even though they were grown kids, okay, we're going to the bathroom now. That's it. Let's all go. We're all going to go, get it out of the way, and then we're going to go. You got to kind of rope people in like that, you know. You yeah. can't have people all going their own separate ways. And who wants ice cream and who wants a drink? You got to kind of. We're going to go do this now and let's take care of it. Well, these are the challenges you face when you're the Disney expert in the room, mm-hmm. and uh, the whole family wants to go to Disney, and they're just going to leave it up to you. But it sounds like you did a great job, especially getting them into Animal Kingdom Lodge and the villas. But there's also a great reward in being the one that they all look to and go, "Wow, you knew this!" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when people get here, like, you know, her friend who had no idea Disney World was like this. Right. You know, and then they get here and they start to appreciate how much you know. Mm-hmm. So It always makes me feel good when people call us back and tell us that the tricks or tips or little hints that we gave them helped. Yeah, that is always, that's my favorite part. It's very part. rewarding. It's my favorite part. So, well, good. I'm glad you had a, a great trip, Sue. Thank you very, very much for calling us back and, and giving us an update on that. We really appreciate it, so. All right, who else has another voice or uh, an email they want to read? I have one. Johnny. I have one from Alexandria in Medford, New Jersey. I have a question about the Disney dining plan. I know with the dining plan you get a non-alcoholic drink, entree, and dessert for the table service. I was running at the table services restaurants offered bottled water that you can take with you. I was thinking that I would use my dessert for a milkshake to drink with my entree and ask for a bottled water to take with me as my non-alcoholic drink. Do you think this would work? Do they offer a bottle of water that you can take with you into the park at the table services restaurants? I have never been to a table service restaurant where if you order bottled water, they bring you a bottle of water. Usually it's out of one of the larger bottles that they have to pour. So I don't think that that would work at a table service restaurant. I don't think they offered it. I and I do if they do have bottled water they crack it and they pour it for That's you. That's what I meant. Yeah. Right. So you're not gonna be able to say, I want to take my bottled water with me. What I can offer you for advice is that mo- all, almost every table service restaurant will have the ability to give you a to go cup. So if you're drinking soda, if that's your non alcoholic drink for your for your meal, you can say right before you're going to leave, can I get a to-go cup with soda in it and take that with you? I know it's not the same as having a, a fresh bottle of water to crack open in the parks, but... Well, you could just buy a damn bottle of water. I also saw something the other day. It's <laughs> always that option. <laughs> I saw it on the cruise, as a matter of fact, and 
uh, a lot of places are like workplaces are um, restricting plastic bottled water that it's just the recycling or the non-recycling of it it's just becoming not only cost prohibitive but the 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 refuse that's caused by it what they suggested was they now sell aluminum sport bottles that have a wider mouth on them than a uh a regular bottled water that you would buy and what i would suggest is that every place at disney world will give you ice water and if you're looking for water to take with you, take your aluminum bottle with you to whatever restaurant you're going with. Chances are you'll have a bag of some sort. And have the restaurant put a couple of ice cubes in it and fill the water out of the water they're serving you in the restaurant. I'm sure they would have no problem with that. And then you've got water to go. You're not throwing anything away. And the next time you're thirsty, go to one of the uh, counter, counter services. services, ask for a cup of ice water, and refill your aluminum bottle. It's you get to be green, you get to be less expensive, and you're set. Or you could just buy a bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough when it's like $3 for a little bottle of water at Disney. Uh, it is. I, can, I don't know about you, but I can go through a couple of them. Yeah. And easily. that gets to be cost prohibitive. Yeah, it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> it's also easier when it's in those containers. Who cares about the environment, right? Just throw it. It's easier to be fat. <laughs> So I kept saying, Walter, we go food shopping. It's easier being fat. This, you know, the sad part is it really is. It is. It's very easy to be fat. They make it very convenient. Because everything's prepackaged. Yeah, because no fast food. Fast food is, you know, yes, you can get a salad. It's hard to eat a salad while you're driving. Yeah. 90 miles an hour trying to get to the podcast on time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, John. Who else has an email? I have another one. Kevin. This one is from... Bridget, Bridget Cardi in Havre de Grace, Maryland. And I only know that's how it's pronounced because we used to drive up and down 95 from Albany, New York to Florida, and they have the Havre de Grace Decoy Museum. And it was always someplace my father threatened to make us go. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It took me, I was an adult before I knew what an ordinance was. My family loves Mexican food. We've been to Disney about 12 times and tried all they have to offer. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. We often go to Don Pablo's while in Orlando to satisfy that Mexican craving, which is only so-so. But I heard you mention a place, I think, during one of your reviews of the Maya Grill that you and John enjoy going to that's good and reasonably priced. I think I remember you saying that it's more like a counter service place and that's fine with us. I think you mentioned the name, but would you refresh my memory on that? And would you mind sharing the location? We would love to get some decent Mexican food for a reasonable price while on vacation. And... She thanks us. Uh, Bridget, the name of the place is Tijuana Flats. It's a chain restaurant. I don't know if it's any place else in the country, but there's a couple of them all over Orlando right now. The closest one is about five miles outside of Disney in the uh, Hunter's Creek area. It's on John Young Parkway. If you come out of Disney on Osceola Parkway, Osceola Parkway crosses John Young Parkway, and you would take a left up into the Hunter's Creek area, and it's on the left-hand side of the road. Tijuana Flats is John's and my favorite restaurant, our favorite Mexican restaurant. And I make a joke, but we can go in there and feast for under $23. That's two huge entrees and appetizer and all the diet soda you can drink. Um, I recommend it highly. Uh, if you Google or um, 
go on the internet. Tijuana Flats, I'm sure you'll find all the Central Florida locations, but that's the one that's closest to Walt Disney World at the moment. And they have a bar of all the hot sauces, too. Yeah, they do. They have a hot sauce bar, and they have little smiley faces. The little smiley face means it's okay. It's not real hot. Then the guy has just a straight line for a mouth. X's on his eyes. And that means it's getting hotter. And then the guy has the upside-down smile, and that's even hotter. And then the guy who's dead, that's the real hot stuff. Those are always fun to experiment with. We like Tijuana Flats, too. I don't do hot sauces. Well, they have a... Kids are not allowed at the hot sauce bar. I mean, some of them can actually be dangerous. They have the hot sauce that I like, which is pretty much just sugar water. It's just sweet. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically syrup. (laughs) On the the hot sauce, it's like a minus 10. Yeah, I can't do the hot stuff. I like that when when there's a long line, they'll come and take your drink order. So I was like waiting in line, drinking a beer. It was great. They are. They're very. Their staff always always goes back to drinking. They're very accommodating. The staff they have is always terrific. They always come to the table and they do. We get an appetizer. It's called the Tijuana Trio. It's um, nacho chips, guacamole, salsa, and queso, which is a cheese dip, and they refill them for you if you want. And it's like four bucks. I love queso. It wasn't until like the third time we went that the girl said, you want to refill on that? And we went, you can refill these? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. It was like the angel. I'd like a guacamole refill, please. <laughs> the heavens opened up and the really? angels sang. <laughs> these are not fancy places. You order at a counter. And usually by the time you're in your seat, they're there with your food. So it's... But it's not a, a real table service kind of place. But again, it's $22 for two people, and you come out stuffed. Cool. Thank you very much, Kevin. And our next voicemail comes to us from Kim, also known as Jack's Mom 99 on the boards. And she is desperate for some advice in planning her Christmas trip this year. So here, here is Kim. Hi, podcast team. This is another Kim here. I'm Jack's mom, 99 on the boards. Uh, My son Jack has called in a few times, probably more times than I'm aware of, and we've actually played one of his um, voicemails on the show. However, now I have a few questions of my own. Actually, I'm desperate for any help that you can give me. I um, heard that you're going to be doing Christmas in July again, and I am desperate for any help, really, really desperate. We are a family of four. Jack is nine, and my daughter Meredith is six. We are DVC members and annual pass holders. Several years ago, I promised my husband that we could go to Disney for Christmas 2008. I'm a teacher, and I knew that I'd have an extra long vacation that year. However, really, my plan was that he'd forget about it and um, since it was so far away. However, the scatterbrain that he is, that's the one thing he didn't forget. And he's been bugging me and bugging me and bugging me all year to get the plans made. So here it is, 2008. We have our plane tickets. We have part of the week reserved at Oakey West and are waitlisted for the rest. And I have absolutely no interest in planning anything else. This is very unusual for me. As my husband likes to say, the Diz and planning our Disney vacations are really my hobbies. I think I'm completely overwhelmed with the thought of being in Disney World at Christmas time. Our plan is to be there from the 24th through January 2nd, and there are a few things I really need to figure out soon. Is there any chance that our waitlist at Oakey West will come through? I don't know if you have any experience with waitlists at Christmas time or any from any of the other people on the boards, but we're waitlisted for the 29th, 30th, and the 1st. I did get a reservation for the 31st at the 11-month window that I had to wait for the rest of the week um, for the 7-month window to use my other points, and there wasn't anything left when I called. My husband does have us booked off-site for those four days 
um, during the week. And my thought is, what are our chances of even getting into the parks before they reach capacity on those days as an off-site guest? Uh, we were at Epcot for the Millennium, and I remember getting in line at like 6.30 in the morning. Please, please tell me that I won't have to do that again. We plan on being at the parks first thing in the morning, but we would like to go back to our hotel and chill out. Um, in order to save my marriage, I can't be in the parks that long in the crowds. We, would we be able to get back in at night if they reach capacity during the day? My next question is, where to eat dinner on New Year's Eve? We plan on being at Epcot that day. Do you have any suggestions? Do any of the restaurants do anything special for New Year's Eve? And lastly, we do not plan on going to the parks every day. I'm not counting on the pools to entertain us, however, as I know it may be too cold. Um, we plan on going to do mini golf, uh, but I really am drawing a blank on what to do when everybody, well, really me, has had enough of the crowds. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Kim. It's another multi-part question. We have a few of those, uh, few of those today. Um, first of all, uh, you asked about the likelihood of your wait list coming through for you. Um, December 24th, January 2nd, no chance. I, I'd just be honest with you. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe there'll be a miracle. But uh, if you don't have a confirmed reservation at this point at Old Key West for dates in that week, uh, the likelihood that you're going to get them is slim. I agree. Now, you might, uh, you might find someone out on, uh, the, uh, out on the rent trade board that has points to rent that week. It's doubtful, but you can always check to see if somebody has points to rent that. Well, week. I mean, she's even even though she's got the points, she's talking about the availability not being. Well, there. I'm saying that if they already have the week booked, oh, no, you know, if somebody already has the right. week booked and they're they're just renting it out. They're not going to use the actual exactly. Um, but shy of that, uh, you know, I know you said you didn't have an interest in planning anything else, but unfortunately. For that for that week, you, you it's going to force you to be flexible. You're going to have to be flexible if you want to be. You're, you're talking the single busiest week of the year at Walt Disney World. There are the crowds are never worse than they are that week, and so as far as staying offsite, I don't know. I would at least consider Swan Dolphin for that week if you can get in there, um, just to be on site and walking distance to things, as opposed to being offsite. Now, see, I don't know if this applies to the Swan Dolphin or not, but I know that with the regular Disney resorts, as we mentioned in our last show, if you are a resort, a Disney resort guest, you are guaranteed to get into at least one park uh, every day. So it may not be the park you want to get into, but if they close Magic Kingdom for capacity, there'll oh, they'll be someplace else for you to go. You'll be able to get into Animal Kingdom. You'll be able to get into Epcot. She was talking about being at the parks first thing in the morning. Chances are she'll get into the park of her choice. And she talks about leaving in the afternoon. Usually when they close a park, it's not for the rest of the day. Right. They usually close the park at some point in the late morning, early afternoon, and then it opens up again later in the day. So, And the parks are open very late during that holiday week. If she's looking to go back and get away from the crowds for a while and do the pool or do another activity, she would probably not have trouble getting back into the park that she wants to later in the afternoon. And if you can't get into the park, like let's say the Magic Kingdom in particular, uh, a good time of day, uh, if you can't get in in the morning, a good time of day to try again is right after the 3 o'clock parade and right before, maybe maybe up until about 6 o'clock. 
Right. A lot of people leave the parks to go back to their resorts, go have dinner. That's a big time for a lot of people exiting the park. So you'll stand a chance of getting in there. But, uh, you know, if you're... I know there are a lot of people, though, that get into those parks first thing in the morning and they stake out their spot for the fireworks like at 8 a.m. Right. And somebody's sitting there all day. You see, a lot of those, you, see, you see a lot of those people. So you do need to have a strategy. I mean, I, I know that you don't want to deal with crowds and craziness, but um, you're going to be in Disney World during Christmas and New Year's. That's just going to go with the territory. She talks about being in uh, Epcot on New Year's Eve. And wants to know if the restaurants do anything special. There's really not a New Year's Eve menu. And John and I have found that when we're out of town on a holiday, trying to make a traditional holiday out of it usually is kind of a disappointment. We were in Las Vegas at Thanksgiving. And we tried to make a Thanksgiving out of dinner in Las Vegas. And it was absolutely a disaster. What we found out was just go someplace nice and have dinner. And stop trying to have, you know, that turkey and dressing thing. What I would suggest is... You're in the window right now to make reservations for New Year's Eve. I would consider making my reservations at the restaurant of my choice. You should still be able to get a table for four. You might have to eat off time, meaning the dinner hour might sell out. I would try and make dinner not the priority of your New Year's Eve celebration. Try not to put too much focus on where or what kind of food you're going to have. Just pick some place your family is going to enjoy and enjoy the rest of the activities that are going on for New Year's Eve because otherwise you might be disappointed on that. She also talks about things, places to go during that week where she might run into less of a crowd. In pretty much Central Florida, you're going to run into a crowd. You're not going to run into a Disney crowd. I would suggest you head to one of the beach towns. The beach is an hour away in either direction. Go to the East Coast for waves if you're looking for that kind of thing. Beach towns always have something to do where you'll run into less of a mob scene. You'll still have crowds and you'll still, you know, see a lot of people. Everybody's on vacation. But there's always something to do. I would also suggest someplace like Gatorland. Gatorland is, to the people who live here, it's just always been here. It's just a a local attraction. However, people from out of town, it's... 14 miles from Disney, straight out Highway 192 to Orange Blossom Trail. And kids, especially if you have kids, love it. You get to see gators of every size and shape and age and weight. So that would probably not be as crowded as one of the theme parks. Again, because you're here the week everybody else is out of school, you're going to run into a lot of people. But there's always things to do. And also, uh, don't forget about Gaylord Palms every year does something called Ice. If you want something off Disney property that's not too far away, that's a cool it's a cool experience. They have their whole little like, village made out of ice that you can walk through. and So it. cold. Gaylord Palms Lobby is also a couple of hours of activity that's free. Yeah. Gaylord Palms Lobby is just... It's huge, and there's so much to see and look at. And do. They have alligators in the lobby that you can look at yeah. at no charge. Yeah, I understand. The lobby of the, of the Gaylord Palms is measured in acres, not square feet. Right. It's, it's huge. Right. It's inside a glass dome, so it's temperature controlled, and you might not see it all in the afternoon. So, so the, yeah, there are things. There yeah. are things and to And I'm do. a broken record. I say this all the time. Celebration. Celebration, of course. Celebration. 
when we do our uh, Christmas in July, we'll try to get information as much as they have already, but they will most likely have a nightly snowfall on their main street. They'll have um, performers out. Carolers. Carolers out. They'll have a, a carriage ride that the kids can do, a train ride that they bring the kids around town in. So that's a great place where, for the most part, it's free. There'll be some uh, charges for the uh, for the ancillary stuff. And then the other suggestion, which we'll probably talk about in our, our Christmas in July segment, is the smaller stuff there is to do. Not the smaller. The... the um, not the, the major track. events. The off-the-beaten-track off stuff. Off-the-beaten-track stuff. Every country in Epcot, there's going to be a Santa. And he's going to tell the, the Christmas story of their land. Those are great things to just stop and enjoy and take that in rather than rushing from attraction to attraction. So, Going to see the hotel lobbies, again, something we'll talk about over the coming weeks. But there's usually some sort of event somewhere in each of the bigger hotel lobbies where that something's going on, just to sort of step back a little bit. Well, thank you very much for the question, Kim. Before we move on, she talked, somebody else talked about Anthony and Simon, and I just thought we should say hello before we forget. Okay. All right, we have another voicemail. Um, actually, we have two, vo- two more voicemails before we wrap up the show. Uh, the next one is from Jason in Chicago. He has one night to spend alone with his wife on their next vacation, and he has questions about Pleasure Island and nightlife around Orlando. So here's Jason. Hi, Pete, Corey, Julie, Kevin, John, and Will. Good to hear your voice. My family and I will be traveling to Florida in September, and luckily the wife and I will get one night for ourselves to, to do something a little different. We don't want to watch some snooty clowns, but we do want to go to the Adventures Club in Pleasure Island. But what we don't know is, is there anything else in Pleasure Island even worth doing? And is there any other uh, nightclubs around the area that you'd recommend? We're going to be staying on property, but we wouldn't mind taking, we wouldn't be objected to taking a cab if it's something worthwhile. I loved the little segment last week. It was a lot of fun hearing how, I guess, clueless of NASCAR. It was fun to hear the interjection. And my idea for a segment would be send him to do whatever you guys wouldn't even think about doing, like fishing at wilderness, uh, Fort Wilderness or something like that. I think that would be fun to hear. Anyway, keep up the great work. And take care. Well, thank you for calling in, Jason. Now, as I mentioned in the discussion show this week, Pleasure Island is going, all, all those clubs are going to be closing down as of the 27th. Of September, so if Pleasure Island is something you want to do, you're going to have to get it in that trip because it's not going to be there the next time you come back. Um, is there other stuff to do at Pleasure Island? I would do the comedy club, for sure. Yeah, the comedy club, uh, Adventurous Club is a is a perennial yeah. favorite. Eight tracks. Uh, now, doesn't Bongos on the weekends? Doesn't that become a nightclub after a certain hour? I always thought it did. I think really? Raglan Road, sometimes they have bands. Yeah, at night. Raglan, yeah, Raglan Road sometimes has bands. And Irish dancing. And there's down or there's the House of Blues. House of Blues over at Juan West Side, which is where Bongos is. And the Voodoo Lounge, which is part of the House of Blues. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, check out the concert, concert schedule for House of Blues. Some nights they have concerts over there. I know every Sunday night they have a uh, sin night. It's like a... They bring a DJ. It's more techno. A lot of locals. Um, it's a younger crowd. Uh, try Jelly Rolls. Jelly Rolls is always fun at the, the boardwalk. boardwalk. And if you're willing to take a cab, there's City Walk. If you're going to be in town on the uh, the last Thursday 
of the month, there's always Velvet Sessions up at the Hard Rock. Uh, the Hard Rock Hotel, not the Hard Rock Cafe. That'd be a nice outing. And those, that's a real nice outing, if, especially if you've got a, a night alone with your wife. That's a real cool way to do it. Go have dinner at the Hard Rock, either in the Palms or downstairs in the kitchen. And then, uh, you know, hang out in the lobby for the, uh, for the party. So that's always an option. Um, how about now? I mean, I'm not familiar at all with downtown Orlando nightlife. I mean, is I there- wouldn't bring my wife downtown. No. I don't go. No, it's not unless like, you wanted to get groped. It's you more know? your it's or more your, uh, your college crowd <laughs> okay. out there. So it's you know I I you wouldn't go to Paris Hilton's club. That's close. It closed. That's close. I know. Everything <laughs> really is close. Yeah, <laughs> They're actually redoing that whole the whole Church Street wow, station. Wow. So Par- you really really Paris Hilton as a brand has no longevity. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Really. What a thought. She promised that she would come down like once a month to the club, and that didn't happen, so they closed it down. So, yeah, those are the, uh, I guess those are the, basic, the basic suggestions. I'm trying to think of anything else unusual nightlife-wise. If they did go downtown, the only place I would suggest is the Boheme. Yeah, the Boheme, the, the lounge down there at the Boheme. But, you know, there's a lot of places closer that you can yeah, go. Yeah, you're talking if, about an expensive cab right yeah. down. Yeah, and just for a, a lounge. Down. Yeah, if you're gonna be renting a car, that might make sense. But yeah. go try. But they could also have dinner there. Go so. to Rick's, uh, Rick's cafe and, and have a mojito and sit in one of those weird little seating areas. <laughs> well, you also have that. New, yeah, the new Rick's Lounge yeah. over at uh, Coronado. Uh, Coronado is yeah, Rick's Lounge. Something different. So, would you call it Rick's Cafe? Yeah, Rick's Cafe. Well, that's the that's there the, is a cafe, yeah. but yeah, you don't want to go in Casablanca. Go have yeah, ice cream at Rick's Cafe. Let's get Casablanca. <laughs> So I hope that answers your question, Jason. He also wants to make a segment of things, you know, to send Will to do. I think we should name it, What Wouldn't John Do? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, as, as we mentioned, I think last week, uh, Corey Walter and Will are going to be doing the fishing excursion um, for, for one, of our, one of our segments this month. It'll probably be the third, third or fourth uh, Wednesday of the month. However, you've missed the whole thing. They want us to go. That's going to be the funny part. No. <laughs> Well, up to five people can go, so you can still go with I us. am going to go. What about I, your brother? <laughs> I'm going to go. Pete's going to worm all the oh, really? I am not going to fish. I'm there to record and videotape. But I will actually be on the boat. No, There's I'm a not. height restriction. I can't come. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And our last voicemail this week comes to us from Czech writer on the boards, who is having a difficult time convincing his wife to go on a cruise after a bad experience they had many years ago. So here he is. Hey, podcast team. This is Chuck Ryder on the boards. I have a cruise question. About 18 years ago, maybe 16 or 17 years ago, uh, anyway, it was a while ago, my wife and I uh, went on one of these long weekend cruise uh, cruises paid for by my parents, um, who also attended. Um, my wife was very unimpressed. Now, whether this was because it wasn't a particularly nice cruise or because my mother was running the entire show, um, either way, she has forever sworn off cruises. And when I bring up the subject, she says, I don't do cruises. My question for you is, what do you tell people who tell you, hey, I don't do cruises, I'm not interested? What are the top three or four things uh, that you tell people to convince them that uh, cruising uh, in the modern day is not the same as it was uh, 16, 17 years ago. 
Uh, thanks very much, um, and uh, keep up the good work. Bye. All right. Well, thank you very much for the question. Um, I think there are a lot of people in the same boat as you're in. They have a spouse that does not want to... Uh, no puns intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you could start out by saying, I'll divorce you um, if you don't go on the cruise with me. That's always one tactic. Withhold affection. Withhold affection. <laughs> I'll go without you. Stop writing checks. <laughs> I'll find someone else to go with me. Well, well, like he said, it was 16 or 18 years ago. That is a huge difference. Well, and I, I also assume we're, we're discussing a Disney cruise here as opposed to just any cruise. And, you know, really and truly, it, it's if, if you want to sell a Disney cruise line to somebody, just print out two or three threads on the cruise board from people who just came back and let them read what people are saying. Let her, let her read what people are saying. Unbiased people, people who don't, don't know you, don't know her, have no axe to grind one way or the other. They're just telling you their experience. That's what the boards are great at. I think that is probably the single greatest sales tool there is out there to talk someone into doing a Disney cruise. Not to say that you know arguments couldn't be made for other cruise lines, but the fact of the matter is, you know, A, the spa on the ship alone she'll fall in love with. I'm pr- pretty much, from the sound of it, willing to bet that your cruise 18 years ago what, did not have a spa, or if it did, your wife never got to it. But the spa on the Disney ships, I can tell you, is magnificent. The adults-only area does not have to be around kids if she doesn't want to be. Um, the service is top-notch. The food's not bad. Uh, ports of call are great. Uh, th- these are just a great time. There's a reason that so many people keep going back and booking Disney Cruise Lines over and over and over and over again. And they, also the podcast cruise is what, four days, three days? Yeah, that's not- a, he didn't say actually say podcast oh, cruise. Oh, okay. So, and I, he didn't even say Disney Cruise, so I'm, I'm assuming, but... The cruise line exploded at about the time Disney got involved in it. I'm not suggesting that Disney caused that explosion, but cruising re- took on a whole new prop- popularity at about that time. Stop looking at my funny ear. <laughs> now the headphone is just, like, just hanging by a thread, <laughs> and as Kevin talks, it's just flapping in the breeze. <laughs> Modern cruise ships are different than they were 20 years ago, 17 years ago. The amenities have increased exponentially. The size of the staterooms have increased. Right. You hear horror stories about the fact that, you know, the bedroom and the bathroom were in the same exact spot. This is not like that. This is like going on a luxury hotel that takes you places. It's just an entirely different experience. Cruising has become the number one vacation uh, preferred vacation means for most people and there's a reason for that the cruise line industry has realized that it's about providing a whole host of things to keep a whole host of people happy yeah different activities different times to eat different places to eat different things to do other than you know you know kidnapping her and throwing her on the cruise she's just gonna have to go order the disney planning dvd the disney cruise line planning dvd and let her look at it yeah and 17 years ago, I'm sure you weren't on a ship that had Cinderella in the lobby. Yeah. So. And if she's a Disney fan, think about, try to explain to her that that level of quality and service and experience is going to be taken onto the cruise ship. So, Disney Cruise Line ships are also based on the the the, the cruise, the, the, classic, the cruise. classic cruise liners of the 30s. Right. So there's an elegance to a Disney Cruise Line 
a Disney cruise that you don't find on yeah. other cruises. Yeah, these are these are these are top notch ships. Really, they're hard. just classic looking. Now they are from top to bottom, inside and out. Can't say enough good things about Disney Cruise Line, really and truly. So, just cruising in general. I mean, that's the way I prefer to travel. There's there's an abundance of choices. I remember I had relatives who used to go on cruises in the 60s and 70s, and they talked of needing a different gown and a tux each night, and how I thought. Even then, that sounded horrible. Cruising now is about making choices. You have choices of what you want to do. Do you want to? And most of the time, you have more t- choices than you have time. Right. So exactly. So, well, I hope that helps you out. I hope you are able to convince your wife to join you on a cruise. And you know, look, start out small. Start out with a three day. Just try it. Yeah. You know, this way you can't sure. get burned. If you start out with a seven day and she doesn't like it after the first night, then you're going to have problems. But uh, start out with a three or four night. Try that. Get your feet wet. See if she changes her mind. But uh, just ask her to be open-minded. Say, you know, just keep your mind open. Try something new. Try to forget that old experience. And, yeah, I think getting the planning DVD and things like that might uh, might go a long way. So good and luck. Keeping her involved in the planning, especially since her previous experience, she was not involved in the planning, which could have a lot to do with the bad experience. Right. So... All right. Tell her your mother's not going. <laughs> yeah, really. Your mother won't be there, right? I'm, I'm, we're assuming. But uh, all right, that is going to do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody who uh, wrote in, called in. If you'd like to send an email, once again, podcast at www.info.com or leave us a voicemail toll-free, 877-310-9662. And from all of us here, that'll do it for us this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of The Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody.